Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hello and welcome to NVC IGN's Nintendo Podcast. I'm your host, Casey DeFritis, and today we will be talking about Animal Crossing, Smash, Fire Emblem, a whole lot more. Oh, and Goose Game. Yeah. Goose Game? A ton of stuff. I am here with Brian Altano. Hi, how are you? Perry Schneider. Good day, Casey. And Zach Ryan. What's up, every Schneider? Hey, guys. Ah. Thanks for showing up. So... 
First things first, I actually have announcements. So many announcements. Good announcement. Who wants to make the announcement? You want to make the announcement. I want to make the announcement. Okay. Uh, NBC 500 is upon us. A lot of you have been asking us if we're doing anything special, and I am so happy to say, yes, we are going to do something special. We are doing a live show at the IGN office on March 20th, the day that Animal Crossing New Horizons comes out. Oh, because yeah. you don't have anything else to do, right? Nothing else to do. That is also the week Come of DDC. We'll we have so fruit. much stuff. We're excited. Ooh. There's going to be pizza. There's going to be the NVC panel with a very large question block, a special guest panel, and a whole bunch more. All your favorites will be there. Luigi, Samus. You can't promise Isabel. those people Kong. <laughs> Captain Falcon will kick I you. I said favorites. Uh, very few things in the world could keep me from immediately going home and just building my house in Animal Crossing, uh, but NBC 500 is one of them. So I'm honored to do the show with you guys and bring your switches so we can yes. trade fruits. We're going to tra- trade all of the fruits. Super excited. Um, the link for the Eventbrite will be down below. This is exclusive just for NVC people for the day. So don't share this with people unless you want to lose your exclusivity because the link is live, but we're not sharing it to anyone else with you for 24 hours. Um, Tickets are limited, but they don't cost anything. It's in our office, so it's not, we don't have unlimited seating. We're literally converting our kitchen to a studio for the day. That's right. And we'll give you you a look at uh, where we work and what we do and all of that. What a fun time it'll be. be. Mm -hmm. Mm A great time will be had by all. Yeah. I'm really excited. I think there also might be cake. So if the pizza and the panel and the Animal Crossing and maybe playing Smash with us didn't sell you, hopefully the cake did. And possibly Luigi. And maybe Plenty of goofs and guffaws to be had. Maybe Waluigi. Uh Who knows? But we also have another announcement. Um, You can now buy NVC t-shirts on the IGN store. I know I spilled the beans before and it wasn't technically live. I'm very sorry. But hey, you can use the code NVC10 to get 10% off NVC short shirts on the IGN store. What what you did was actually a good thing, you guys, when you snitched on the uh, the store. Because I think that got the ball rolling and forced Justin Davis (laughs) to get it liveer than... You know, you put a little fire on it. He was really mad. He was really mad that we Who wants to hear a little inside baseball story justin and i are good friends and uh nvc goes live on thursday and i was at home on thursday night and i got a text message from him that was like somebody found the ign store and bought a bunch of shirts and i realized in the moment i was like oh no we mentioned it on nvc and i had to be like justin i'm sorry i think we put i think we spilled the beans on this and he was like what and had to like shut it all down put it all behind like passwords and stuff like yeah it was a he big was deal testing shipping and uh and and quality of the t-shirts and stuff so he wasn't ready yet but right. it was funny and then the top search term in the store for the latin the last couple of days afterwards was nvc mm-hmm. because we didn't have an nvc shirt in there yet uh, now we got a bunch of them i would yeah, be a very cool one yeah i'm very excited it should be here we'll in do a couple more. days yeah, uh, we're adding there's licensed shirts in there as well. Mm-hmm. So you've loved Star Wars, Marvel, Nintendo stuff is in there from our partners. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I got uh, I got a really cool Breath of the Wild sweatshirt that's just like the Breath of the Wild logo uh, on a black sweatshirt that I really like. Yeah. Um, but what I wasn't anticipating is how many people, uh, when you're a grown man wearing a le- big Legend of Zelda T-shirt, look at you on the bus like this. What? <laughs> really? No, they probably, those are jerks, Zach. They're, they're probably hoping that you work for Nintendo. You have an uncle who works for Nintendo, and that's they right. want to hear the scoops from <laughs> my uncle, Rich trick. George. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has an uncle that works for Nintendo. You rich uncle George? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jose's everyone's uncle. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but look for those links down below. We will keep you guys updated. Thank you for making all of these things possible and mm-hmm. for helping us 
convince the higher power that we need an NPC 500. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so stoked for this. Yeah. I think so it's going to be a good thanks time. Thanks to you guys for leaking that store early. No problem. <laughs> and then the you, have a, you have a code for the t-shirts? Yes, it is a NBC all lowercase 10. NBC numbers 10. Mm-hmm. It'll be in the description as you well. Get, you, get, yeah. you get some percentage off your purchase. 10% off. 10%. That's mm-hmm. where the, the titular 10 10 out of from. 10. Yep, yeah. NBC 10. And now is where we would be talking about Animal Crossing New Horizons if... It was Thursday, but it's actually, we're recording this on a Wednesday and it hasn't happened yet, but we will be recording an Animal Crossing's New Horizons section with Miranda Sanchez and Brian Altano. That's right. Tomorrow morning, which is now, which, which is, is included right in the show. Here. And we are back from the future from yesterday. I'm Casey DeFridis. I'm here with Brian Altano. I'm very confused on the timeline here. Miranda Sanchez. I've appeared. Hello. And a special guest that I didn't mention before, Brendan Graber. I'm sleepy. I figured I would have all three of these people because they all love Animal Crossing. Yay! You got an Animal Crossing wikis person. Yeah. Hands-on Animal Crossing person. I've played it. Miranda. And then just an all-over loves Animal Crossing guy, Brian. I almost dropped out of college because of Animal Crossing. (laughs) I understand. I mean, after after this presentation, Tom Nook has basically convinced me to leave all of the important things behind and go to a deserted island and just live my life. I mean, you have a free rescue helicopter. You got actual real simulated seasons. You've got turnips. Like what else what else do you need? Never you don't go need to a timeshare thing in real life, Casey. You'll never see you again. Oh no. I, You're right. I think real quick, like tonally, this is one of my favorite directs ever, just in the sort of like the vacation presentation of it all. Just the, the music. Like, yeah, the music, the fun, punchy writing and everything like that. It just really felt like this is a travel show for the uninitiated who have never played Animal Crossing and also for like hardcore fans who can pick apart all the details in the mm-hmm. background. It was it, it was perfect for everybody. Fun, extremely informational. Yep. Um, I think the nice thing is that they did tread back and like covered a lot of topics they've mentioned before, like about seasons, about hemispheres. A lot of these things were kind of mentioned one-off and like, Treehouse Live, where yep. if you were really paying attention, you caught it, or if you read the reports after, like, oh, okay, that's a thing. But it was nice to see them pull all of this together to like really get us ready and excited for yep. next month. Yes, mm-hmm. so excited. I think the the biggest thing that this has that real life doesn't is that uh, I can have an actual real simulated home ownership. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'll have own home, but yeah, you know, but I can, can. An Animal Crossing on the deserted yeah. island. Really, it just put threw me into an existential crisis. <laughs> I was telling them before, it's like maybe I should quit my job and leave everyone behind and just go live on an island by myself and pay off your home with mileage but there's no yeah there's no interest it's fine i can go with no credit no money and just be like i want a house and they will give it to me i can Mm -hmm. get lost on the beach and be like hello helicopter please come save me and then i won't be in crippling debt (laughs) that would be be a, a nice life if it were possible. I know. You also have to put up with animals that you may or may not like. What, one <laughs> of the things I really re, that really stuck with me through this direct was that this game is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really, really good looking game. I think the, the museum aquari- looked better than yes. most games in real life. Oh the museum God. and the aquarium so- looked beautiful. Did you guys see the dinosaur skeletons? Like, they're like... There's yeah. like textures on them for the yeah. first time. Um, I mean, this is a this is a franchise that began basically as a port of an N64 DD game, and so on the GameCube, it was never the best looking. You know, this is never one of the most beautiful looking games um, or series. But this is a, a, a really pretty game on Switch, mm-hmm. um, and it's just brimming with details. I really like the way they've. It feels like they finally like did new renders of all of these furniture pieces that I've been collecting for 20 years now. Um, the customizable furniture stuff is super cool. I'm so excited. Right? Oh, like importing like, textures this... onto like pillows and, and yes. stuff like that. It's so smart. Like onto a coffee mug. 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever been able to position the camera inside your house and take pictures before? Is that new? Um, you just like it was like kind of like this, like slanted from side yeah. to side. Yeah, never like no. full on. Yeah. Dra- the, whenever okay. they dragged into multiple selected items on a wall. Right? My heart melts. Oh my god! <laughs> like I loved Happy Home Designer. Yeah. I played so much of it, and it's like anything that makes the design process easier is gonna sell me every time. I remember when that game came out. We were all talking about how like it had a lot of good ideas, but it felt pretty slim in the yeah. grand scheme of things. But we would hope that they would bring all that stuff over to like an actual installment of the franchise, and they totally did that. The ability to sort of just like go aerial view and mm-hmm. move furniture around without your character dragging them back and forth and t- and tilting them and that like, really annoying like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's that's that's where this franchise should be heading. So it's it's perfect. So I know I brought up the rescue service before, but in what situation will you actually need to use that service? I'm, not sure. I'm assuming so, they said you get lost, okay. but. Yeah. Yeah, so I assume that if you end up getting yourself stuck somewhere, so now that we have terraforming, if you like accidentally uh. get yourself broken somewhere or like you don't have the right tools, you might just need a little extra help getting lifted out of that spot. Because you can pole vault with yeah. things. But if, I'm sure it breaks after a couple of uses. So you might go like, oh, shoot, I can't get back now. And yeah. some of those like uh, those town layouts, like there's lots of rivers going mm-hmm. down. So like early on, you're kind of actually kind of quarantined in an area until you learn how to get to the parts of the island. Yeah. I'm right. imagining terraforming dungeons that's specifically challenging to get through and maybe I don't know. That is that silly? Is that I'm a silly idea? Like building an island that's just a health an obstacle yeah. course. It's like, like can you maze? get through this without being rescued? Because I don't think you can. No, totally. <laughs> this is like this is so fascinating to me yeah. because it's like if, if playing this franchise for years when this first came out, there were very specific things like you would reset your game to get the right town. And then like maybe if you're lucky and you put millions of bells into the system, you'd get a bridge. And the the ability to now sort of not feel like you're locked into a landscape forever is so awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am very excited about that prospect, especially because I think how they're framing all this is just really fitting. It's like, oh, you're going to a deserted island. Like right. every other time you're going to a town that's been established, like a little bit, but it existed without you before. Mm-hmm. And this is existed without you in nature but there's nothing there except for like the airport and resident services and so you get to decide everything from the get-go and i think that's just like a cool feeling to be so involved with that process yeah um it's a small thing but it's still like a really nice thing to set the tone for especially it. No, for I facilities love it. like yeah. you can never choose where the shops were and then a new leaf they're always at the top in a really long row and they're all squished together so now you can actually choose your own like shopping centers or have them scattered out wherever you want them to and where it makes sense where you live or where your uh, villagers live yeah i was going to ask you guys about that uh, specifically you miranda because you played a bunch of the game a little um, bit or a a little bit i wish it was a bunch i I want you to tell us about that a bunch of animal crossing is like 500 hours um (laughs) so the direct sort of implied that like when you walk into your island town for the first time like all of the shops that we've been accustomed to for ages won't be there correct Mm -hmm. so they're not there so you're you basically have a nook tent with like a catalog that you can order stuff from which will then eventually grow out into his like his store nookington's department store and all that fun stuff but like the able sisters all them they won't be there for a while yeah the museum's not there nothing is there it's literally just the airport and resident services so the way you go about growing your town is kind of a little up in the air at the moment like they didn't really get into the details of like oh do you have to keep shoving bells at Tom Nook and like (laughs) for the town too or like what sort of achievement system is there to kind of help progress that that wasn't really clear I only got 30 minutes of hands-on time with it so that is like nothing right so what is the first thing you crafted 
I crafted a flimsy fishing rod. Yeah. <laughs> so that was... Good choice. I like beelined it too because like the first day you play is just a tutorial day so it's not synced with your actual time. So if you start playing in the middle of the night and you're like, why is it like first thing in the day in this Animal Crossing game when I'm starting? It's because the first day is not synced. Oh. But then after that it becomes synced. That oh, that's sense. smart. So it just gives you that time to like settle in and like get the whole spiel about like being on a deserted island and then after that it kind of opens up a little bit. But before... that, Well... Yeah, before I could actually really explore, though, it's like, well, I only have 30 minutes. I have to do all this tutorial stuff. And then I pretty much just went straight to crafting just to get a feel for that to see sure. it. Like, we've seen it, but I wanted to see it for myself and see how fast it actually was. The animation's very intense. I like it. It's, like, <laughs> really erratic. I'm like, whoa, man, you're going hard on this fishing rod. Did, oh, you, did you get any sort of idea how time traveling would work? I know not to immediately jump to cheating, but <laughs> yes. I've, I've always considered that part of the gameplay, and I think that's also why... They're bottlenecking the whole cloud save thing because mm-hmm. people will be sort of like time jumping crazies, just jumping all over the d- different time periods and timelines and right. stuff. So this wasn't something until Pear was talking about in the office. Um, we or Nintendo said specifically that they'll have free updates throughout the year for seasonal events. So they're like, oh, the first update's going to have Bunny Day and like kind of the Easter equivalent for April. But that means that those events probably aren't available until those updates happen. So you could maybe time travel. It's not really clear exactly what implications will have on the game. I'm assuming it's going to be kind of the same. More weeds, cockroaches, um, neighbors move away faster. Um, But if you go far enough in the future, I would assume that maybe you don't have those events in. So like Halloween won't happen until Halloween happens. Yeah, until it's added to the game or something. So you could jump forward, get a bunch of the Halloween treats and like special themed yes. stuff and then jump back. Yes. See, now I'm glad you started the show with like a Back to the Future reference <laughs> because this is where we're heading. So that's that's the speculation, which could be kind of like a problem because people don't just use it to like skip ahead for like cool stuff, right? They also right. skip ahead to get stuff for the museum and like yep. finish out bug collections. It's like, I don't want to wait a whole year to get that one bug that mm-hmm. I missed because I was on vacation with my family. Yeah. My mom said not to bring my 3DS. <laughs> but you know, that's, that doesn't yeah. happen. But like, like no, you don't have like, ex- that can happen. You can bring yeah. your Switch. There's no excuses. Yeah. I'm well, yeah. I mean, we'll there are plenty like, of excuses. Yeah, mom. With you. My mom. Was great. Yeah. I'm giving a situation for like one of my this happened to one of my friends, and I was like, Oh, you can just time travel. Like, oh, that's right. Right. And so it's like, oh, it's a thing you can do. Um, but what we're hoping for is that there's a service through Nook Miles, which are the point system that you earn um, by completing certain tasks, um, to buy a ticket to a random deserted island. That's just just random. Uh, so we're hoping that those islands will actually have different seasonal times. Oh. So that way, maybe it's like, oh, you just went to a random one and it's, you know, spring real time. That makes but sense. But it might be winter over there. Like you just found like a winter island. And right. Like hopefully that's kind of the solution for that. So they can kind of get around time travel stuff so that I, you can catch stuff off. Because there is a I distinction between the hemispheres. So it could mm-hmm. be like, hey, here's a southern hemisphere island where right. you live in the northern hemisphere. Yeah, which is super exciting too. So that way your, your weather matches where you live. That's cool. a really, really awesome solution. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that that's what we're guessing. It's not like officially confirmed or anything, but that's what we're thinking could happen to mm-hmm. discourage that. And I know we could talk about Animal Crossing forever, but I did want to <laughs> talk about specifically the Animal Crossing saves. So in a previous episode of NBC, we asked everyone if the save situation would prevent you from wanting to get Animal Crossing New Horizons. And some of you did respond to us and say, yes, this is going to prevent you from wanting to get it because... One of you, for example, said that upgrading to a system would now become difficult or if you have two different switches or if you want to change to a different one. And it was confirmed during today's Nintendo Direct that you will only be able to 
basically save transfer your Animal Crossing save data one time. So how do you guys feel about that? It's a bummer. I mean, I think about my 3DS Animal Crossing save file, and it went from, I, I don't even know how many 3DSs I own from start to finish throughout that generation. But that's a system that got constant refreshes. It got new designs and stuff like that. One year I'd be like, I'm on the Zelda one. The next year I'm like, I'm on the Animal Crossing one. And then 2DS XL or whatever, like... It, you want that freedom, right? And that's mm-hmm. also part of what we paid for with Nintendo Online was the cloud saves. And to not see that incorporated here is kind of worrisome. It's I also, I mean, it's also, this is a game that transcends time. People were playing Animal Crossing for years and years and years. And having only one backup and for all that time, if this was like a single player game, you play through once, get to a 30 hour mark, you're done. Okay, I'm fine moving on that's one thing but for a game that just there is no end right and lures people in to spend time and time and cultivate these giant like islands and towns that they perfect and say oh by the way if something happens whatever happens outside of your fault or your fault who knows well you only get one mulligan that's disappointing yeah I always feel a little pessimistic in saying this, but I never really trust Nintendo to have a good online solution at this point. Like, I don't know how they haven't figured this out by now. Like, their competitors obviously have, and we know that Nintendo kind of sits aside from that. Like, they play their own game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we still have standards for online play and cloud saves and all these things, and the fact that it doesn't have it is a little weird. I know the whole idea, it's like, this is a real-time simulation thing, but even if it's just a backup, even if I can't, like just pull it off to another system or something or if that will like invalidate another one mm-hmm. that's fine but just like figure out a way for us to have our safe secure because that's like kind of a scary thing yeah um, they it's what d- you're buying into right yeah and i also kind of understand it. it wouldn't be fair to everyone else sharing your switch mm-hmm. if you transfer the save data and then now have removed their save data from them right but I, I, there has there has to be a way to tell yeah. if other c- people on other profiles on the switch are actually using the island or not yeah, this is also the third game I think that has makes use of the their online app. It was like oh, Smash oh, and yeah. Splatoon, and like that was it. Voice for chat, the longest text. time. There's going to be a, a couple of things. Yeah, I mean the QR code scanning is brilliant. I love mm-hmm. that. I think that's a great that's a great way to sort of import stuff that people have been making in past versions of mm-hmm. the game for ages. The idea of like snapping a a, a a texture with my phone and immediately implementing it in the game is really cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not going to sleep easy knowing that like if my switch gets lost, it's going to be a huge pain. And I, c- I might lose my town forever. Yeah. They said Nintendo said that they can pull it back from the server potentially, yeah. potentially it's not a guarantee, which is like, okay, that's, nice but it is just a bummer to see that not be something that's been fixed at this point mm-hmm. it's 2020 yeah, yeah. and they're going to oh. sell millions of copies of this game and it's like it's sort of just a sour note underneath this otherwise like very optimistic very yeah. fun very beautiful looking exciting game that's coming out and there's that sort of like caveat at the end where you're like mm. oh, that's a bummer. yeah now i do want to ask one question we had a question block question from kevin osborne and he says a wizard ask you if you could explain to me why I should play Animal Crossing, what would you say? I don't get it. I've never played one of these games before. I see everyone is excited for it to come out, but even with no other big Switch games coming out, I have no interest in playing this. Can you convince me to get the thing? Sure. I'm always Whenever I see these challenges, I'm like, but I will never convince you if you're not interested in it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, do you like cute animals and uh, maintaining a home and decorating and... I don't know, cleaning up a little island and having a, like, essentially like second life kind of simulation. Yeah. And then, yeah. Do you like having a chill lifestyle? No? Yeah. Then yeah. 
I, I would say that like one of its most charming sort of uh, things as a franchise is that it's it's incredibly cathartic. Yeah, it's just like a really relaxing, cathartic experience. Whereas like a lot of the video games I play are like intense third person action games and you know story driven open world games and stuff like that, shooters and stuff. Animal Crossing is completely laid back. It's completely chill. You never really feel like you're failing at it. Um, you can just do small incremental tasks every single day and feel like you're chipping away at building a better lifestyle. It's probably the reason why there is a debt, but there is no interest or right. a time frame. It's like, hey, there's like 98,000 bells for your debt. Take your time. Mm-hmm. Pay off also, 100 every week or so. Who cares? You don't have to do that. Yeah. If you have no interest in expanding your house after the first one, or not even after that, you don't even have to do it ever. Right. You could just have a tent. do it's other a- things. You could just make friends with new animals and like plant a little garden, get some fish. It is like just such a chill game, and mm-hmm. that's one thing that I really appreciate about it. And it, it can be a huge time sink, but it doesn't have to be either. Right. And so it's just like that flexibility of it being in your hands to kind of experience this other little world with animals that are super adorable and fun and sometimes weird, but that's good too. Um, It's just such a unique experience that you don't find in a lot of other games. You could spend a week building an orchard or you could spend a couple hours fishing and like there's nothing, there's no wrong answers, right? Or I can visit an island and get some peaches. Yeah. I I want to go to that bamboo garden they had in that one island they showed off. Yeah, it was awesome. It was so cool. Just explore. He'll buy it peaches. Peaches, like you did in your demo, right? Demo. I was like, can I take this? That's a good one. Hopefully, you can get it again. But hey, guys, thank you so much for joining me for this pickup to talk about Animal Crossing: New Horizons. I super appreciate it. I hope you covered most of things everyone wants to know about Animal Crossing. But for even more information, check out our amazing Animal Crossing: New Horizons wiki. I'm gonna add all the villagers I saw, including a new elephant. I think new elephant. There's a red elephant. Exciting stuff, and a bunch of other things. I don't like that clown sheep. I, know I don't like it. No. If they, if they arrive, I'm like, hi, there's a door. Yeah. I'm going to push you off into the sea with a rat. Until he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all we have to talk about Animal Crossing. And now let's go back to the past to continue with the rest of the NVC programming. Listen. And now we're back from the past. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the future us talking about Animal Crossing because now we're back from past us. Cannot all the thi- I cannot believe all the things they added. I know. I'm so excited. We got to hear about Miranda Sanchez's uh, hands-on impressions yes. she's got a full preview up Stoked. i definitely asked a lot of stupid questions yes. it's crazy to me that this this time around in animal crossing they've included cucumbers mm-hmm. and also marijuana plants oh Fun my gosh yeah, all those. <laughs> so obviously now we, we can don't tell know everyone to get off our lawn with yes. real gusto mm-hmm. yeah, that's right uh but i'm excited yeah super excited speaking of gusto yeah, it's Untitled Goose Game. One game of the year at Dice. Isn't it, was, it is, but it she is. said Gusto. I said Gusto. It was, it was my like, <laughs> in, it was my subconscious <laughs> saying like, please do the transition. And it no, was nice work. <laughs> no, so good. nice work. Our, our producer Puns. Barbara is just Barbara's like shaking, shaking his head so hard. hard at it shows off like the rails. Wind draft in here. So, um. Surprise! Untitled Goose Game won Outstanding Achievement for Independent Game and Outstanding Achievement in Character and Game of the Year at DICE. Yeah. So for the listeners that don't know what DICE is, because it's a pretty inside Mm -hmm. baseball sort of deal, um, can you tell us a little bit? I looked at you because you're the elder statesman here, but like you probably don't know what what DICE is. I feel like I do know what DICE is, but I also feel like I could get it wrong. I feel like you probably know the best of us what Dice is. Well, it's uh, it's a conglo- it's a association of developers, mm-hmm. uh, and Dice is the uh, event, the annual event where everybody gets together, celebrates the industry, their keynotes from uh, from you know uh, company leaders, um, uh, overseen by the AIAS, and. Uh, 
as part of that, there is this uh, award show. We live stream it on, I, uh, on IGN every year um, because we're obviously very supportive of the cause. And like the picks are always slightly different, right? They're not as they're not v- uh, voted on by gamers. Um, they kind of represent that creative spirit within so, the development community, w- w- which is why Goose Game makes sense as an award. I, I've always I've always kind of thought of Dice as like the Screen Actors Guild Awards yeah, no, for video exactly. games, where it's like developers voting on the games that they want to see championed and want to see like propped up. And in this case, yeah, Goose Game was a, a surprise winner this year. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I saw a lot of people tweeting and being really impressed with the idea that that this tiny game from a very tiny development team would win DICE's Game of the Year. There are a yeah. lot of people who are mad, too, right? There That's okay. A lot what? Shocking. No, there, there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, how come a f- three-hour game wins over, you know, an 80-hour experience like Death Stranding? And, like, Death Stranding also, also had a lot of really creative and clever ideas, right? So um, I think it, it boils down to the fact that Goose Game was so different and mm-hmm. so creative and really stood out as a as a unique experience and that it was made by such a tiny team, I think, is why it was worthy for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. cool. Also, cool deal no, for them. you like the game, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's too. great. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that there is uh, there is the contest between something that's 80 hours long and yeah. something that's three hours long. You know, like there's, there's Pixar shorts that have stuck with me longer than some entire dreamworks feature films right and so wow like, shade thrown at dreamworks specifically shrek <laughs> yeah yeah i'm coming <laughs> back shrek. with shrek again um no so uh no i think it's awesome uh, the developers tweeted out a list of basically every dice award winner ever and just to see goose came at the bottom of it next to like all the other like sm- yeah. like triple a shooters and stuff like that like gigantic open world games and it's just like untitled goose game yeah. like yeah. it's it's really really cool to see yep i also wanted to mention that baba's you won outstanding achievement in game design That's mario kart tour won racing game of the year which yeah i don't i don't know how i I think that's the most like what so a second ago i was about to say i don't really see why anyone would be angry at goose game winning over their stuff (laughs) mario kart winning over (laughs) other actual like real legit racing Uh, games was kind of like what yeah like i don't i mean i understand it from the perspective of sort of like the simplicity of the touchscreen controls and the solution that that provides. Uh, kart racing has been attempted on mobile for a long time, and I think Nintendo is the closest to like really get it pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that game, otherwise, was I, I would say like mostly forgettable. I think I yeah. don't I don't know anyone who stuck with it outside of like a well, rare few people. What's the What's the thing that got everybody into Mario Kart multiplayer? Right. Yeah. Right. What does What What does Tour not do? Right. Um, yeah, it's. It has I think simulated it's more, multiplayer. It, it is exactly. It's a slow. It's a slow year for racers for sure. We didn't get like a Forza yep. Horizon, like a game that is a little bit more accessible. And so, with mostly sim racers on the market, there were good sim racers out. It, it makes sense that I a mean, different argue, experience. It's crazy won, that yeah. that this particular kart racing game would win too yeah. when Crash Team Racing is also yeah. nominated, right. which is like a phenomenal kart racer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's considered a re-release. I don't know. But like, uh, Baba is you winning is really cool. Yeah, oh. that is really cool. Half of the stuff yeah. in in, yeah. in, in the right. Mario Kart game is a re-release. Yeah, yeah. 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 you know, it wasn't. But Crash Team Racing was a nominee. Um, yeah, but I also let's yeah, that's a thing that happened. It's fine. But I also wanted to mention, hey, Luigi's Mansion Three got an outstanding achievement in animation. Mario well Maker deserved. Two got Family Game of the Year, and Fire Emblem Three Houses won uh, the strategy and sim category. That's Good. awesome. Uh, Luigi's Mansion. I think about the animations in that game a lot because I feel like even. You know, uh, 12 hours into that game, you're still seeing different and new animations from Luigi, from the ghosts. Like, I, th- I think it's spectacular in terms of 
the the graphical prowess and the animation. I there. honestly like playing it. I could not. I could not imagine that a non EAD, you know, mm-hmm. Nintendo core team had made it. There's right, so right. much attention to detail. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful in parts, and the yeah, the reactions from the ghosts to the various situations are just so clever and always unexpected. Just the way the cat sneaks up to you yeah uh, and like the way it like jumps through the walls and stuff and it's so cool there's a lot of really wonderful little details yeah. there. I, and nintendo had like a pretty awesome a year award-wise considering they didn't really have like their a team out there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um they let a lot of stuff like ring fit and luigi's mansion and even like Link's awakening which is a port of an old old game boy game yep. uh do all the talking and i thought i think it i think it worked out yeah now, I just want to go on to some quick news before we talk about games out this week. And first up is a little scoop that Tom Marks got while he was seeing Persona 5 Royal. Uh, he asked about, um, he asked the Atlas Communications Manager, uh, Ari Adventula. I don't, I, close. I, yeah, close. Yeah. Close enough? Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he asked him a speci- specific question about persona 5 for the switch and they answered you want what you want and if you don't let us know it we're never going to be able to make it and um basically it's always they said it's always important to voice your opinion and don't give up hope yeah i saw some other you know i i feel like when you have these preview events when we do red carpet stuff like there are there are questions that every media outlet goes into uh those events within in their back pocket right like mm-hmm. the, people want to know the answers to a few definite things and i feel like this was asked by a lot of different outlets like will persona 5 ever come to switch and one of the responses that i saw from i I forget somebody at atlas was like you know if you keep asking for it maybe someday it will happen and it was like when have we never not been asking (laughs) like like since persona 5 was coming to the west in 2017 it was like put it on switch put it on like every time anything is mentioned about persona 5 scramble it's like Put it on Joker Switch. Or like, Smash well, or, or, like yeah. well, or yeah. on Xbox and PC, right? What's that? Or on Xbox no, and PC. No, only on right? Switch. This is oh, a yeah. Nintendo show. Uh, no, like, because this is a you know, Persona being a PlayStation exclusive, um, you know, that's been an established fact for a while with spin-off titles obviously making their way to, to our systems here. And I've always wondered what was going on, whether it, it's just, uh, you know, it's marketing co-op or subsidy or anything. And like Atlas has never been that vocal about why that is and whether this is timed. And uh, to me, an answer like that sounds like, I don't know but I don't mm. want to disappoint you. So I'm going to say, hey, if you keep asking for it, maybe it will come someday. Yeah, right? I mean, you're talking about one of the most beloved and well-regarded Japanese RPGs of all time. And I think and that... it can run on Switch. It could yeah. run on Switch. It was developed for the PlayStation 3. Yeah. And I think that, that um, you know, Atlas and Sony, well, Sony specifically, learning to play nice in the same way that Microsoft has, like, you're looking at a potential blockbuster, mm-hmm. right? Like, like... Persona 5 already sold really well on the PlayStation mm-hmm. 4. I think a, a Switch port would do the exact same numbers, if not better. And yeah. people are yelling about it every mm-hmm. time there's any sort of Persona anything. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's baffling to me that, that I, and I this is all speculation, but it, it's crazy to me that Sony isn't willing to play ball and just rake that money from that game. It's right. also especially odd because Persona 5 Scramble is, is a sequel. Switch, yeah. It is coming to Switch, and it is it is the sequel. Like if you watch the trailer, uh, it starts out as Persona Five Two, and it kind yeah. of like flips, flips it into a five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, looking Joker's and Smash and all that. So, but it's it's also not a precedent that we haven't seen before because there's been dozens flips of flips into well, an not S. Dozens. 
But, but there's get... been tons of Persona spinoffs, like especially the the Persona Q uh, dungeon, uh, Persona Q. Uh, I I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The Persona Q series. Yeah. That was a 3DS series based on a PlayStation franchise. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Look so. at Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Um, but that's to to play that game. That story air quotes uh, from start to finish you have to go you have to own like seven different platforms right, right? Like, yeah it's yeah it's pretty silly I've, i feel yeah, like it's i don't know happen. anyway don't give up hope yeah yep. keep asking don't give for up it. hope yeah that means like uh, to me that sounds like it's probably in development and they don't want to confirm it eh. or it could be i have no I idea so. if japan will ever do it so yeah keep exactly. asking uh, that's for it. more so what it sounds like to me is yeah. like you know it sounds like atlas us is like we don't know. It would yeah. definitely, that is a giant long game. It'd be nice to be able to take that on yeah. an airplane. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Hey, uh, Nintendo has revealed another Switch Lite color, this time in Coral. Launches in Japan on March 20th, which is the same day as Animal Crossing. So even though we're not getting an Animal Crossing Switch Lite, Japan's getting the Coral one. <laughs> and we are getting it in the U.S. on April 3rd. So this, I mean, this kind of gels with the comments that we've heard from their earnings call that the Switch Lite is selling well to female players, mm-hmm. you know, and they're introducing more colors that, uh, not to stereotype the the pink system, but uh, are more appealing to female players. Maybe uh, I mean, it seems like they're 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 really doubling down on that market. Um, I think that's really cool. I, I think that's really smart. When I saw the coral system, because Nintendo America tweeted it out, uh, the the you know single image and then an image with like all the colors together. The pink one was the first one that I've seen in a Switch Lite that I was like, that's good. That I, I like that a lot. Right. Like, I want to get that. Like I think it's gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really cool color. And I know I, some people were lamenting about it in our podcast forums about how they would have bought the Coral one uh-huh. if that was available before yeah. and how um, some of their younger uh, children are a little bit disappointed <laughs> about having yeah. the, the teal they, one instead of the coral that's one. That's how they and get you. I'm how, not yeah. buying it. How many did you get? Oh. <laughs> I'm, it. Damn no, it. I'm not buying all the systems. I can't no. keep there, you can't. Systems. You can't detach the Joy-Con, so it's not worth it. You can, so yeah. you can. Let me get this straight. You can own 300 Joy-Con, but you don't want to buy all the systems. I was posting a picture of every unique Joy-Con you I did. have on uh, Instagram right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was I a great think thread. I'm up to 16 now. Which Out means... Of how many do you have? So many. Well, no, I have every color available, every version available except for the Labo cardboard one, which was given away to 10 people as a prize. Right. And the black dev kit only ones. So nobody, nobody's uh, wanted to part with a dev kit. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. I feel like you, could, you could get one set of those. I think you might. You, you, I don't think you'll ever get the cardboard one. Too expensive. Like I'm not going to pay like crazy money for a Joy-Con. You, you just have to, to make a friends. Collection or not? Not. <laughs> I'm going to create the artificial barrier that has to be retail available. Pair, okay, look, you fair just, enough. You just have enough. to make friends with someone who has them and then become well, a phantom thief. It'll be. Fine. It's like Amiibo. You can't get the Monster Hunter ones unless you're going to pay thousands of dollars people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for a nintendo playstation i was just gonna say but i did hear that you were in the running to buy the nintendo playstation no i would have bought it for the office for up to five grand the nintendo up to five grand (laughs) and then it went over that in like six minutes yeah speaking speaking of five there goes ours so uh pair speaking of office purchases have you heard about the life-size marip that the Pokemon Center has put out. No. Because it is a life-size sheep. Is that like this big? That's not the edible one. It's no, it's the electric sheep. It's five hundred dollars and we need it. 
I'm just putting that out there into the other. We can move on now. How big is it? Well, um, I, it's I'm, life size, life size sheep. I'm into it because Ooh. we have two Dark Souls, we have a Geralt and a Ghoul, we have Lara Croft, <laughs> two we have Lara yeah. two Lara Crofts. We sheep. have no Nintendo, no statues. Nintendo statues. It's yeah. 40 inches long and two feet tall. That's too big for a sheep. It's a life-size sheep. I don't know. We have to sell a lot of t-shirts to be able to... <laughs> I also think that if we're going to get a Nintendo statue, we should get Marip the sheep, one of the most recognizable <laughs> Nintendo characters of all time. Thank People you. Thank from you. all over the land can come and see our love for Nintendo by seeing a life-size electric Yeah, they come sheep. in, they're like, I love. I too love Wallace it's, and Gromit. Yeah, star of such yeah. games as uh, the po- Pokemon, Some one of the yeah. colors. Look, or look guys, it's a stuffed animal and you can pat it, okay? It'll make you happy. Not buying it. One of the one of this the keeps getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> Proposition just keeps getting worse. Well, one of one of the reviews said, um, "If you never thought money could buy you happiness, then you haven't had the Marie because it is a good friend and a good sheep." Anyway, Cooking Mama Cookstar comes out When's in March. Your birthday, Casey? <laughs> October. Okay. Um, Cooking Mama Cookstar comes out in March. It's coming with a uh, on the Switch with a vegetarian mode, which is new to the series. Tom Tom Mark's very excited about both yeah. both revelations there. Yeah, I saw a a rainbow grilled cheese as one of the options. I fell out of the out of out of that series when Mama started gardening and doing all sorts of other stuff. I always liked Cooking Mama. I did too. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I I think it's like not better than Mama. You know, <laughs> I don't think you can learn about. Cooking? No, no, mama? certainly not. You can but learn about stirring stuff. Yeah, yeah. There, there is like very basic stuff. It's like, okay, well, that's what, what burned onions look like. But I think <laughs> you know? it's cool that I think it's cool that you could potentially use the Joy-Con accelerometer for like yeah, chopping, chopping or like sauteing. Well, they have, or, they yeah. have that uh, that mini game yeah, in, in Super Mario, Mario. Mario Party where yeah, you Mario can Party. flip the meat cubes. The meat cube yeah. with the oddly like photorealistic steak cubes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the like, weirdest mini why, game. I love why it. Why are the graphics the in that ones. one mini game so good? Somebody was so hungry when they made that. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Now I want lunch. Oh. Um, the Witcher 3 on the Switch also got a 3.6 update and it improves its graphics just a little bit. So. Oh, who's got that? Check it uh, out. Tina. See, I never, I never bought that on the Switch because I love the Xbox version and played the crap out of it. I have it on Switch, and I read this, this. Uh, I read a tweet saying like a giant update update is coming to this game like a month ago, and then I basically just like sidelined it because I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll wait for the better version of it. Um, and then apparently they deleted all information about that tweet, mm-hmm. so I thought oh. it was just a bust. And I was like, oh, I'll just play it on Xbox. And yeah. then they just kind of now dropped it now. So yeah. um, there's um, also there's also uh, some news about it uh, cross platform uh, saves with Steam. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah. debunked by CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Oh, they like they put they, I think they just put in the update in one of the articles. Like CD Projekt Red has said, there's there are no plans for. Cross oh, that's too bad. Was it mm-hmm. Divinity that did this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's like such a cool thing to do. I know. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. Yeah. Uh, next up is so we talked about Platinum's last major announcement, which was the Wonderful 101 remake or remaster for the Switch. Mm-hmm. And their next major announcement will be made public on February 27th in Famitsu Magazine. No idea what it is. We just know when the announcement's going to come. I bet it's Bayonetta 3. Or I hope that it's They Bayonetta already 3. commented on Bayonetta 3 and said it's going well. So yeah. would that count as a major announcement? No. No. I don't think so because, like, look at what they did for the Wonderful One Hundred and One. It was like such a kind of out of left field. Just well, not not just that, but it was there's more fanfare around yeah. it. It was a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think if they were going to say something about Bayonetta, it would be 
something more mm-hmm. robust. Yeah. Than just like a one off. Like, yeah, we're still working on it. Yeah. 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 I'm we'll curious see. what's happening with that franchise. Like, I have this weird feeling that, you know, Bayonetta coming into the Nintendo fold was was kind of an odd move, right? Just as a kind of mismatch for Nintendo's image and everything. It's a weird character to fit in their p- portfolio. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Nintendo bu- didn't buy Platinum, right? They're no. owned uh, basically working very closely with a Chinese conglomerate now. So I'm I'm wondering if Bayo 3 is not going to be an, an everything release eventually. Uh, that makes sense because, uh, you know, like you said, I think Bayonetta 2 was only on Wii U for a while, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's probably the case. So also, it could it could potentially be they just put out um, Bayonetta and Vanquish uh, a two pack for the tenth anniversary. Right. They they remastered those games uh, for PlayStation and Xbox. And Vanquish would be an awesome game on right. the Switch if they could port mm-hmm. it. That that would be a cool announcement for the twenty seventh yeah. as well. We'll see. Yeah. Also, speaking of Famitsu, Sakurai's uh, Famitsu column has leaked, and he said after the six fighters for Fighters two, Pass 2, there are no plans for more DLC for Smash. Yeah. Which comes as, as surprising to me because I assumed that they would keep up the DLC well, passes. He's very, very tired. <laughs> and he said the same thing basically after the first. You're pass, right. Right. So yeah. um, I, I feel like that. We'll see what happens when we get to the end of the run, and Nintendo basically said, hey, says smash smash will be around if for a long time will be played for a long time we need to keep it alive with new updates and we'll see what happens uh, All right if you consider the if you consider the spread of the first fighters pack because mm-hmm. we got our first character in early 2019 with piranha plant and the last character in january with Byleth, you know if there's an additional six fighters coming out this could carry us all the way into 2021. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the game has been out for almost three years. Yep. You're right. It's like, you know. Will we need will another we need, DLC pack? Will, will we be ready for the next version of the Switch? Like, yeah. I think I would like to imagine that Smash Ultimate is now a platform yeah. in the way that they will just continually update the same game. But financially and historically that doesn't fit Nintendo's business but model. if that's the closest thing Nintendo has to an esports contender right a game that people play at events and obviously Smash is featured it's at Evo, Evo. and event, yeah. like, events like that it's not one of the big four esports games um they they want to keep it alive right and like if there's anything to be learned from the Fortnite and Overwatch <laughs> strategy in order to refresh um the the games uh, and and kind of spark in, spark interest you kind of need to have a drop, right? Rainbow mm-hmm. Six is doing it too. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I can't picture. I, I, my brain can't even wrap its head around like uh, 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 this game getting a sequel. <laughs> Can you imagine? That? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. They don't do that. Not on the same console. No, I mean like what are you doing? next gen. <laughs> Pair uh, just I have one more news down below. Yes. Uh, are you guys done? Yeah, yeah. Tom Clancy's um, back. Zach Ryan dropped my chair down, <laughs> and Borba quickly cut away. I can't like, call him. He doesn't work at Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> um, Allegedly, Nintendo Japan announced today a four-disc Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening soundtrack collection, oh. which oh. is hmm. damn what a roller coaster that was. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, hmm. Which is all of the new music and all of the original m- music. It's on CD, which is weird. So, like, I don't. I Does literally don't own CDs? a CD player anymore. Does it come with a are still digital? a big thing in Japan. No, and so I did some digging into this. It's fifty bucks. It's on Amazon Japan and on Play Asia, and it comes with like a little book and everything. The artwork's awesome. Mm. Nintendo has yet to foray into digital music. I think mm. they don't sell 
their songs on iTunes. Right. They don't put their music on Spotify. This feels insane. So the me. funny thing, I'm pretty sure you can play those CDs on a PS4. Yeah. yeah. So well, I you, sure. I do have a CD player. It's yeah. not yeah. PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah, because like, I, I don't... I'm sure we can lend you a CD player. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's like, I, this feels like easy money for Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Like Probably has three, two or three discs laying around. Look, they didn't do movies and amusement parks for a while. And even t-shirts, they, they were not very active with that stuff. No. I feel like music is next. No, I, am, I yeah. imagine how much money they would make just by throwing up everything on Spotify. Yeah, that's what I'm Like saying. Capcom mm-hmm. recently did it. And mm-hmm. like, well, yeah. you'd be surprised. Uh you don't make a ton of money yeah, with no. streams on Spotify. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, your music has to stream so. I mean, you know this. Mm-hmm. Your music has to stream so much before you see even see a dime on yeah. Spotify. I guess because it's like a fraction of a cent for every play. Yeah, I yeah. guess I'm just assuming that Nintendo music is popular. But yeah, I mean, last year, last year, Capcom just out of the blue one day mm-hmm. released every mm-hmm. one of their soundtracks on Spotify, and I, I'd, it'd be interesting to know mm-hmm. if how they've it's doing. Seen any money? On I that. think yeah. the issue with with the way they did that is that some of it isn't translated. So um, I know like some of the Monster Hunter soundtracks are all in Japanese characters, so I yeah. can't search yeah. for oh, them. I and I have no idea what any of them are. The Final Fantasy soundtracks, I think, are the same way. Or yeah. maybe I'm thinking of the Capcom soundtracks. Yeah, though, I, um, SIE put a bunch of stuff on there too, like Blood, Bloodborne soundtracks on there. And I was just, I was just like walk, running like errands, pushing my kid in the stroller around, and like put that on. And I was like, <laughs> ah, it's like, terrible. It's like a beautiful day out, and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm in a boss fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Funny. No. I hope that about... there's. Long story short, I hope there's more Smash DLC. Yeah. yeah. No. More Smash DLC. Maybe the the Smash discography. I remember getting the Smash oh Melee like CD from like my Nintendo. No, it came with a a strategy guide. It was the, awesome. The, I listened to it, it all the time. Nintendo or my Nintendo bonus thing a couple years ago too that had like a, a sound selection of Smash Brothers songs. The Smash Ultimate discography would be it's like insane. Twenty four discs. Yeah. Like yeah, that it's so nuts how many tracks are in there. Right. Yeah. yeah I didn't even think about that. Isn't that every like song is there? Hours of music <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, it's something crazy. Pretty, like that. that'd, that'd be a pretty good package to release on iTunes. Yeah. Do you remember? No? Do you remember yeah. when you can uh, listen to them digitally through? The Switch, yeah. remember? That's what yeah. I was going to say. Do you remember when the, they announced during the Direct that there would be a built-in like player that you mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. listen to the in Smash soundtrack? Even who's, in sleep mode. Who's doing that? If you're I out there listening to the Smash soundtrack like a giant MP3 player, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big Switch in your little yeah. Merce. I think that, that everything about that game is designed to be inclusive for everyone. Even people who are just like, I only like playing with mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have the option. Yeah. You know? You're wrong, but you have the option. <laughs> no games out this week. Uh, first up is Warface. It's out on the 18th. It's a free to play first person shooter. Yep. Have any of you guys checked it out? Uh, no, this is a mo- mobile game from 2000, I think like 12, that's been ported over to the Switch. Yeah, it's an online competitive shooter situation. Yeah. Check it out. It I is mean, free. I- High player base, yeah. yeah. So yet another highly played uh, free to play game coming to the Switch. I think it's really smart. Now you know somebody just has to finally up uh, the G's to five G and 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 get a receiver in here so you can get a mobile plan and then maybe maybe there's a, a cool, cool on the go device for playing playing mm-hmm. these competitive games. Yeah. Um, we also have Devil May Cry three special edition out on February twentieth for twenty dollars. Widely considered the best Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool that. game. Mm-hmm. I I haven't played them in such a long time, except for five. But I love five. Yeah, 
So I don't know. Maybe it's worth going back to check out. And we talked about the next games last week a little bit because there's new games coming out for the Nintendo Switch Online subscription. There's Pop and Twin B, which is a Super Nintendo game, as well as Smash Tennis, and then Shadow of the Ninja and Eliminator Boat Duel, which are both NES games. Mm-hmm. We talked a bit about Pop and Twin B last episode with Pear. Sam said all those games are bad. Is that true? Nope. Uh, okay. No, he's not. Uh, no, that, that that's not true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, Pop and Twin B is actually good. Okay. All right. Crazy. Another sort of bizarre random drop of assorted old things you didn't know existed. Yeah, I had no idea is, that any of it these is existed. Really weird. But uh, yeah. Pop and Twinbee came out in Europe, so it's known in Europe. It's just never we never got it in the US. I yeah, say Pop but. and Twinbee in German. Twinbee. And last week we That's what it says when you hit start. Nice. <laughs> last week we accidentally left off a game. It's called Snack World the Dungeon Crawler Gold. Oh yeah. Um I haven't played this. I'm sorry we forgot about it last week. Yeah. I don't think anyone This is a level five game, right? Yes. Yeah. It is a level five game. Um, and it's an RPG. It's a dungeon crawler. Publishing it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I, no it codes out. went out. Nothing. I thought it was going to be get delayed. An email. Like I didn't hear anything yeah. about it. And then boop, it's out. So we'll yeah. have to take a look. It came out on the 14th. Um, hopefully we'll get a chance to play it. I love level five point. and I like dungeon crawlers. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a co-op game too. So I don't know why, like I just didn't. I'm going to give it a try this week. Completely bypass cool. my radar. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll have more insight on it next week then if we can get a chance to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're not playing Snack World, but what are you guys playing this week? Blood Roots? Yeah, baby. Can, can you yeah. talk yeah. about that? Yeah, we can talk about a little bit of it. Uh, Zach and I are both playing it. We yeah. really like it. Um, we talked about it on the show in the past, I believe. We did yeah, some we, we, stuff we, for we it. We played it at GDC last year. It yeah. was, yeah. We first demoed it at GDC last year during the Nindies showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, Blood Roots is a game by a tiny Canadian studio called Paper Cult, um, and it is a uh, isometric think. What did you, how did you describe it? Canadian Hotline Miami, yes. right? Like it's it's a lot like Hotline Miami in, but except if Hotline Miami was set in The Revenant, like yeah. you play this like wronged woodsman and you're on a quest for revenge, and you know, you have it's an action game, but it's also sort of a puzzle game in the way that. You can pick up anything and use it as a weapon, but everything has different levels of durability. So, right. like, one thing might have one hit before you have to discard it. Some stuff has three hits. And then each of those weapons also has, like, a little bonus animation or movement. So, like, you can get a chain, and the chain will whip around you in a circle. Or you can get a, a sword, and the sword will, like, fling you at your enemies across the screen. Yeah. And so you're kind of figuring out, like, it, much like Hotline Miami, like, you'll die and immediately respawn. So in each of the areas, you kind of have to figure out the best way to mow down a bunch of enemies and get to the end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, your goal in every area is to, to clear out all of the enemies there. And it, it is awesome. Like, yeah. it taps into that lizard brain part of your brain of, like, Hotline Miami where you're like, okay, I'm just going to do one more. I think I've got it. I'm just gonna going to do one more. I think I've got it. Going, going. And then all of a sudden it's 1230 in the morning and you've been <laughs> playing, you know, yeah. three hours. What I, what I really love about, the, about this game is the way it scales. Um, you could go in um, and basically kind of like pensively, quietly just creep up on things right. and kill them and then back away. Or you can string together chains and the game rewards you either way, right? Yeah. Like you, you still get... Level bonuses and cutscenes and all that. You get a score at the end of each level. There's leaderboards that are optional. Um, So you could chain everything. And by doing so, you can do stuff like jumping in a wheelbarrow that runs through a door, that lights three guys on fire, that lands you in front of a chain that you whip into this thing and you grab a ladder and climb up it. 
land some here, uh, chop a guy's head off and go over here. And the last kill you do in every level is always this Bes- glory like, kill. Yeah, it's like bespoke s- animation yeah. depending on what item you're using. It's so yeah. fun. It, it's it's like very Kill Bill. You're on this revenge mission. They're, yeah, they're very inspired great. by Tarantino stuff. Uh, or you could go slow and steady. And so yeah. I like I find a mix of both. There were some levels I was like kind of bashing my head up against that I would kind of take my time through, and others where I was just like zipping through. It's, it's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. It's a challenging game, and I think it's funny because like. In each area, you might only spend 10 minutes working your way through it, but you'll do 25 runs. Mm. And the difference between, like, the first time you try it and the last time you try it is, like, night and day. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll make it so far and then get killed, but the last time you're just, like, burning through this level doing all this crazy stuff. And then you're on to the next thing. It... I love it. I'm only. I just finished the first chapter, which is all that we're allowed to talk about right now. But uh, I'm... Yeah, this is the first game for me this year on Switch. Out that's like first new game. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kentucky Route Zero. Right, that's really like sunk, sunk its hooks into me. Yeah, no, I really dig yeah. it. I, I I kind of wish I like the the button mapping takes a minute to get used to. Yeah, because you're yeah. you're constantly bouncing between jump, attack, and grab, and it's basically you're in this sort of triangle on the on the on the three switch uh, face buttons. And I kind of wish you could maybe switch them to shoulders. Or yeah, like because that. the like, the the button that you grab weapons with is not the button that you use to attack. So it makes it would okay. make sense that you would grab and attack, but when you uh, grab stuff, if you hit the button again, you throw it. Yeah, you, you drop it. So like I, I've run into a lot of deaths where like I'll pick something up and then hit it again and drop the weapon and then get killed. Yeah, and I so, think it's just like, a, a matter of like just training my brain into yeah, getting that, yeah. that sort of rhythm down. And yeah. honestly, to to be like perfectly honest, I didn't look at the options menu to see if there's a way to change those, but. Oh. Uh, yeah, it looks like that middle camera just died. Um, uh. Anyway, uh, this game's out February 28th. Uh, as of right now, at the end of chapter one, I give it... Thumbs one, up. Two thumbs. And I think yeah. it's, called, it's called Blood Roots, because when you die, you leave behind flowers, right? Yes. Gross. Yeah. yeah. That's Ooh. awesome. Uh, I'm playing Gross. I'm playing two uh, two DLC packs, um, both of them for strategy games. Uh, the first one is Wargroove Double Trouble. So this was the uh, much-promised uh, DLC pack free. DLC download for Wargroove, already a really good game. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. You know, Tom uh, reviewed it, and basically the developer, after his review, addressed every one of his concerns, like unskippable animations. Now you just hold a button, it goes whoop, and it skips them. It's like it's a really well-tweaked package, and on top of that, they now released a new campaign. Oh, so cool. When you go into your free. story, yeah, free campaign. You have your regular campaign, and they've made all these tweaks. There's new stuff for the map editor, um, but they added uh, new characters and uh, new missions. So now, next to your campaign mode, you have a co op campaign mode. You can play it single player, you can play it with two people on one switch, or you can play, play it online co op. And the way it works, like if you're playing it single player, you just. Uh, it switches between two different teams, and you just hold the button on the switch to activate them. So you could be playing with two controllers or one, whatever you want to do. Uh, and so you kind of have to divide your attention. You have one team over here doing something. The other team, then you switch off and doing stuff up there, and you kind of have to work together even when you're playing sing- single player. And it's really good. Uh, it has new characters, really funny new uh, scripted sequences, and, uh, you know, I finished one mission is basically a heist mission where on the left side of the map, you fight with the enemy on the r- on the right side of the map. The other team has to solve puzzles. Like cool. Switch puzzles That's and really stuff neat. and steal the treasure. And then they both have to, like, split and get out. And basically one team was the distraction. So it's uh, it's just really charming. And that's co-op? And clever. Yeah, you that's can do super that in co-op. Cool. Yeah. But it's, it's like you have to hand it off, right? right? So you're not playing at the same time. 
uh, one one team finishes their moves, then the other one takes. And it. who's better at the co-op play, uh, Midna or Colin? It's both me. It's my left hand and my right hand. No, it's both my right hand. Uh, they don't play games. They're dogs. Yeah. Uh, they. It's. It's. I don't think they're dogs. I think they're. If you if you love adva- advanced wars or Fire Emblem and you haven't played Wargroove yet, it's a really charming kind of pixel art throwback game to the days of uh, days of advanced wars. It's really really good. Emblem. And then the other thing is Fire Emblem. You want to start? Since there we I've go. Yeah, blabbing? I was trying to find the names of all of the new characters. There's too many of them. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> the new but Fire Emblem characters: Dave, yeah, yeah. Steve. Steve. I only, I only remember. Chris. Here we go. Lisa. I, I got it. I only remembered um, Yuri and Happy, and I couldn't remember Constance and Balthus. No, that's very not. important to know. It's actually, it's totally not really that important. So it's a but we've been playing the Cinder Shadows DLC. Paid update. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paid update. It's part of the $25 DLC pack. Um, and it, Brendan Graber told me it took him about six hours to complete. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, but, uh, and Pear and I have been playing on hard. Uh-huh. I think it'll take me longer <laughs> than six hours. A lot longer than six hours. It's actually pretty punishing. Especially because they give you characters that you can't you can't tweak your party like you can in the regular game. So, for example, they only give you one main healer, and that's Linhart. So, if Linhart dies permanently, you're, you're kind of screwed for the yeah. rest of and, the campaign. And if so. any of the main <laughs> characters die, you have you to do lose a rewind. Well. There are many now. So, basically, mm-hmm. it's set up as a side story. So, in addition, the DLC added stuff for the campaign in the past, all of that. You've seen that. Um, this one adds a new um, option on the main menu where you can play a side story. It has a sep- separate set of saves. It's not going to eat into your original um, saves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they up the number. And then you basically start a new quest where our heroes find a fourth, secret fourth house. Underground basement. Garrick Ma. Underground, yeah. And it's just an underground society, and you kind of it's learn. The outcasts. Yeah, the outcasts. Each of them have kind of a reason why they're down there. But they're still students? Well, no, they they ask to call you professor, but Uh it's like they're obviously they're not part of the school system. Weird. Yeah, but the we assume that Rhea and (laughs) the rest of the church knows they exist and just kind of begrudgingly accepts that they're there because they understand that they kind of need an underbelly of the city to make it work the way it's supposed to. Sure. Yeah, but it's (laughs) but it's I I thought the setup was really cool. Mm Interesting new characters, fully voiced, so this is not some cheap little DLC pack. Um, I played a mission on the plane yesterday mm-hmm. where I think I almost approached the two-hour mark on it yeah. and then died at the, the end, battles. so I play hard with permadeath. I mm-hmm. did the campaign like that, too. This is definitely a little step up over that. Like wow, Hard in yeah, the main no, campaign was, was easier than past hard modes in Fire Emblem games, but this one, they definitely uh, they, they ramped it up a little bit. It is brutal. It's stressful. There's uh, the, the one I died in is a mission where you have to escape from a dungeon and there are all these big golems coming after you, some of whom you just can't fight. They're too powerful. So you're constantly running. Wow. And you're like, ah, you know, like you're always looking behind you if, if the, you know, the attack markers are, um, the tiles are filled out. So it's a, it's it's tense. Yeah. It's good. Cool. I'm, yeah. I'm liking it. Brendan, no tea parties, though. No tea parties. Ooh. But do you, you do unlock tea parties with those characters if you complete. You have to get to a certain point in the DLC and then they will show up during phase one of the main Fire Emblem Three Houses story. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that, Brian? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you can unlock. If you guys, you can unlock the completely asleep. But if you are already in phase two, they won't show up. So 
Hopefully you're still in phase one of your new game plus. Uh, Brendan Graber is documenting everything you need to know about the DLC, all these characters, tea party, uh, strategy for each of the different battles. And it's on our wiki yeah. on IGN.com. You're enjoying it, that. right? He's, no, he seems like He seemed like he was like, yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. I'm actually digging it. I'm like, I yeah. didn't want to replay all the... You know the food and tea and all those events and like the the lost items. Like I kind of like I got that out of my system Mm -hmm. in the main campaign, so I was happy this one focused on battle and and story. At first, I was slightly disappointed that the exploration phase is so short, Mm -hmm. but then when I saw how long and intricate the battles are compared to some of the other like the main Fire Emblem battles, I. I feel the same. And then we will get all of that stuff in my new game plus, so I'm fine. Yep. It's, it's time for me to go back to Garrick Mock. It's been a while since I've played Fire Emblem. It's, so. it's, it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, game. And, and it's I nice that you can just jump into it from a side quest menu. You don't have to like go through and unlock it. That's and cool. Stuff. And yeah. so this, cool. Is, this is why I brought up their names, because I noticed something that threw me off a little bit. So Yuri, uh, the leader of the Ashen Wolves, his animations are the same as Lauren's. He's a thief. And then I noticed Balthus is the same as Raphael's. And then I noticed that Happy is the same as Marianne's. Yeah. I don't know who Constance is. Those are all the golden deer, so of course I would recognize yeah. them. Sure. But just something I noticed, and I'm like, Weird. oh, that's... So they reuse the animations for these characters. The characters yeah. look very different. Oh, super and different. Have different voices and, and stuff. different personalities. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Hashtag intelligent systems, yeah. lad. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just throwing it out there. That's too funny. Um, I also started playing uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 for Valentine's Day because it's a good co-op game. I know, I finally... Isn't it great? And, um, well, it's about damn time, Casey. I know. You host a nintendo show i know i know i've had it and i'm like i'm gonna play it i'm gonna play it and then uh guys you can't invert your controls oh yeah <laughs> you know what though, i it's forgot like, that that's fine yeah you can do it you can i know do it. I'm, I'm suffering through it oh no you, you can use the accelerometer too if that's you can you, you can yeah. um <sighs> and there's did you do the alternate uh, uh control scheme there's the default scheme it's kind of difficult to walk and aim, and the mm-hmm. other one locks it in yeah. place. It's oh, I haven't. That, that uh, I think I do yeah. do the that lock in place. Change the game for Brian. Right. No, totally. Yeah. totally. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll I, was, I was kind of like frustrated with it actually, okay. until I did that. And then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can totally tolerate this. I am still having a, a lot of fun with it. I'm not super far into Fantastic it. I think game. I'm like, I just finished the fifth floor or something. So still super early on, but it's really, it's a really fun co op yeah. game. Great game. They do a, a really great job of balancing. Gooigi and Luigi, and I showed um, I showed my fiance Janet's Gooigi video, and it was a great time. Yeah. Um, I also just really quick, I played Degrees of Separation. This actually came out last year in on Valentine's Day. My backlog is very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really impressed Do by you it. Only play video games on Valentine's Day. Only right. Valentine's yeah. Day. No, that's just when I look for like, oh, what co-op game haven't we played that we should? And Degrees of Separation is just a really cute indie game with really nice narration and music. And it takes two characters, one basically of the fire element and one of the ice element. And way they, where they are standing on the screen affects the environment. Mm. So you have to solve puzzles based on where you are standing to affect the environment. It was really interesting and cool. Cool. Pretty cool. And now on to question block. Yeah. Game of the year. I have a special oh, piece game. of mail, a physical piece of mail. What? I know. Who does that? This is from James from Squim. From where? If you're listening so it's actually, to this. So it says, it's, it says Sequim, Washington, but he says it's pronounced Squim rhymes with whim. So I'm just trusting right. him because okay. I have never been to this place in Washington. Okay. All right. But, um, if you're listening to this, Casey is getting out. I'm getting out a thing. 
What is it? I'm getting a thing. Um, he says it's a plastic ca- canvas project. Whoa, Whoa. that's crazy. They're old lady crafts. <laughs> that's so super cool. <laughs> for those of you listening, it's basically a a single point and stitch where each pixel is one hand wow, stitch. Wow, that's awesome. Right. And um, one side, it says, get the thing. It has a question block. It says NVC, and it has a bunch of Nintendo characters. And the other Look, side Brian on it. is yeah, there full is. of Nintendo consoles. Pointed at it Kirby. is so oh, that's cool. Um, More of a Tom Nook. <laughs> but no, I really like it. It's super it's cute. Awesome. Thank you so much for sending this to us. I yeah, really appreciate so it. I'm cool. trying Thank to like, hold the this up. The pixel art consoles and handhelds on the back are Yeah, it's really cool. neat. Yeah, oh, wow. it's yeah. awesome. Work. And James, he also sent in a question block question that I figured I'd read. He also um, made one of these for GameScoop, and he's making one for Beyond Next. Right. So yes. look, I'm look, I want to go see the GameScoop one. I don't know. Uh, Pear wants to hold on to this. I'm going to put it behind you. There you go. So... This is from James. The first console I ever owned myself, meaning it wasn't a family console, was the Nintendo 64. I have fond memories of the system, and most of them, ironically, are from third-party games. Mm. Um, I love Mario and Zelda, but nothing quite beat a gauge match in WWF No Mercy 64 with three of my buddies, or the tragically underrated World Driver Championship, which I enjoyed more than Gran Turismo at the time. So that brings me to my question. What are some of your favorite console-exclusive third-party game memories in your Nintendo past? Ever since the Nintendo 64, Nintendo has been known for not having great third-party support, and while we never have the quality, the quantity of other symptoms, symptoms, the quantity of other systems, we have some real highlights in the lineup. I love to hear the NBC Cruise highlights. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we debated this a little bit yeah. earlier because yeah. uh, exclusive is a weird word, and things are usually not exclusive forever. Um, there's stuff like Resident Evil 4, which was exclusive for a while yeah. there's that famous quote about i'll cut my head off if it ever goes anywhere else mm-hmm. and it went everywhere else um and so i don't think that's i don't think that that one's allowed but um i right off the bat one of the ones i was thinking was final fantasy crystal chronicles which mm-hmm. was coming to switch okay eventually yeah. um <laughs> this I, year I, yeah this year hypothetically uh, but I don't know if that's going to actually happen. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so that that's up there for me. Another one, I don't... Does something like Super Mario RPG count? Cause that's, no, because like, that's published by Nintendo. Yeah. yeah that's but, second uh, party, basically. It, yeah, kind of, right? Because it's right? developed by a third party. That's right. Second party. They were they were a whole bunch of exclusives, as you said, like the Capcom 5, most of which went non-exclusive afterwards. Uh, mm-hmm. And like even games like World of Goo, right, like mm-hmm. launched exclusively and then went somewhere else. But like if you go farther back, definitely the N sixty four age had a lot of companies trying stuff for the four player for the four controllers that you could hook up. And right. so games like Battle Tanks, if you remember that, so many fond memories of playing four player in that. Golden um, Two Rock Two, yeah, you know the, uh, the Space Station Silicon Valley with yeah. the uh, the cerebral bore, like the crazy weapons you had in that one. San, the San Francisco Rush games were exclusive to a nin- Nintendo in in that form with the awesome stunt mode and you know like the flips and the wings and all that kind of stuff in it. WCW Nitro, remember the early uh, wrestling games uh, of that era? There are a lot. Those I weirdly really played cool. a lot of yeah. Nintendo sixty four wrestling games because the character creators were really fun. Oh yeah, just, like, make your, you yeah. just like make your buddies and yeah. have them wrestle. Yeah. So that age, I mean, there were really a lot of companies that were doing very, making very competent games. And like notably, the multiplayer modes were excellent in those titles. So those yeah. were a couple. Then later, GameCube, obviously, we got Twin Snakes was really cool. Just seeing that story. Zach shaking his head. You don't like that one? No. Just seeing that, like the story sequences redone. If you go back to Metal Gear now, you'd be surprised how janky the graphics look. No, I know. And, like and seeing that that game redone was just really cool at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think the thing with Twin Snakes is like it, it just 
it expanded on on Metal Gear Solid in the way that the prequels expanded on, or the the re-releases expanded on the Star Wars trilogy where it put a bunch of stuff in that was like why? You mean yeah. the first yeah. person stuff? Or? Well, like that the cinematics. Yeah, that that. But then also the cinematics were like way John Woo, like mm-hmm. over the top compared to the cool. ones on PlayStation. Like, yeah. yeah. I think my favorite thing about that game was you're exploring like an office area at one point, and there's like yeah. a Mario and Yoshi. Yeah, doll there's on like the hidden desk. stuff. And like, I remember yeah. that just like blowing my mind as like somebody that grew up loving PlayStation and Nintendo. I was like, what was that? Was that? Um, was Dennis Dyack's team Silicon Knights? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, it was them. They did Eternal Darkness as well, yeah. which was another exclusive. That was, that was party. N- for Nintendo, though. Yeah, Billy Hatcher, that uh, NVC favorite. That's a third That's party. That's right from exclusive. Sega. But uh, more recently, there are not that many games no. that are exclusive and remain exclusive. But obviously, Mario plus Rabbits has Mario in it, but it's a Ubisoft game. That was such a pleasant surprise to me. And all the fond memories of the reveal and, you know, the Ubisoft conference at E3. Uh, that was pretty wild. With uh, David and stage. That was really cool. <laughs> but, like, the most notable exclusives now are, like... You know the definitive edition of Dragon Quest Eleven. Obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. and th- that's the a pretty cross game. That's a pretty wild example because Dragon Quest came to PlayStation and Xbox yeah. before, or maybe just PlayStation. I don't remember. But um, the Switch version is considered like the definitive the version. Oh, it of that is game. the best yeah. one with mm-hmm. orchestral music, right? Yeah. And stuff with the ability to swap between two D and three D. Like, yeah. Yep, that's a good one. I'm gonna do a, a more of a throwback, but my favorite. One of my favorite third-party games is Lost Kingdoms by From Software for the GameCube. Oh, yeah. wow. That was an exclusive, and uh, you, it's really... I mean, I'm going to explain it, and you're going to be like, oh, that's a Casey game. So it is a uh, monster-capturing card-building game nah, where you can Casey, combine your cards and evolve them into new things and make decks for specific the levels as you're going. But you play as a princess that goes off to save her king and her kingdom. Are there dragons? There, of course, there are dragons. See, so there from software, guys. There's the trifecta. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a from software game, and it it also had a like multiplayer battle mode. So I just remember, you know, my friend's place and fighting, not physically fighting, but playing that game yeah. with her, and also playing through single player with her as well. And I just loved that kind of mechanic. And folklore is a game that came out for the PS3 later that kind of had a similar sort of mechanics where you have a deck, and as you draw, the monster powers become mapped onto your buttons so it's just always changing gameplay based on what you put in your deck and i really enjoyed that and i thought it was really cool from software please make another one what what about you brian snowball kids snowboard kids no he said his pick was crystal Crystal chronicles Chronicles. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, um i'm gonna go two more sure uh this one is from scott dolson Uh, he says you must pick either mario or zelda and the one you pick will not receive a mainline game for the next 10 years which which do you choose oh how dare you which one? Which have. one doesn't get a mainline game for the next ten years? You just said Mario, so I'm gonna have to say uh, I want my Zelda game, and then we'll revisit Mario in ten years. Yeah. I agree. They can always uh, re-release too. all the games that we've been waiting on. Like, yeah, give me sunshine. I mean, we have stuff. Mario Maker too. You can just make your own. That's yeah. not sunshine. We booted up Sunshine <laughs> in the office, and like that's a game that a lot of people express disdain for. It's really good. Yeah, I heard like one of my friends said, "Oh, it runs like crap. It's terrible." It's like no, it really doesn't. They're like two levels. Dude, have real issues those those there levels a lot of cool things in there the levels where you don't have the water pack so good those levels are like top yeah. tier mario yeah. levels um, yeah. my issues with that game don't come until the last third and the end game of it yeah i think i think the quality well, kind of collapses there, then. It's, there's, it's there's a some famously, rough levels. it's yeah. a famously rushed game yeah, for yeah. sure um yeah i also choose i also choose mario um i i, I love zelda zelda yeah. is like my number one franchise with a bullet by a 
country mile. So yeah, I, I love Mario as well. Sorry, but like Mario. If, yeah, if I don't, you know, if there's not a mainline Mario game, I think Paris right. I think we could skate by on it. Some yeah, good remasters. More Mario to re-release. There's so yeah. many. I you can clean up Super too, Mario 64. There's Mario Maker. Yeah, right? yeah. that's and what I so, said. Hypothetically, that could hold us over for a decade. Yeah, Galaxy. You know, it just if I was just like really, really dying for new Mario levels, there's millions of them out there being made mm-hmm. by fans. Yep. Uh, Zelda's just like that's the special there's, magic. There's thing. also mm-hmm. a lot of Mario games that I've only played once or just completely missed. Like there's a bunch of the new Super Mario games that I skipped yep. because it was just like, eh. yeah. But I can I go back and yeah, revisit those. That's right. Okay, last question, really quick, from Neil Tracky. He says, if Pear could have any Joy-Con color slash theme of its dreams, what would it be? That's a really good one. Wow. Um, I think it would be What would get the... you to buy another set of Joy-Con? <laughs> <laughs> no, the end-all, be-all Ocarina set of, of Time gold. Yeah? Yeah. Give me the gold edition. Do you give have a, any unlicensed? Give me or? a green mainline switch and golden controllers on the side. Do you, have, do you, you don't have any custom Joy-Con? Like... I, I have I have like uh, the atomic purple see through ones, but because there don't was count that, those, we all we all were doing like shell swaps yeah. for a minute yeah. here at IG. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, I still think um, the best one is the Super Fam- the Super Nintendo one. Yeah, like, I love the, the custom Ni- one, the yeah. custom yeah. Super Nintendo one. That one's so that would cool. be great too. Like, yeah. look, I'm I'm hoping they don't do many more of these deals where you need the console to get the Joy-Con. That's dirty. Um, but uh, yeah, that definitely anything anything Zelda related. That's my Dragon Quest one. It's very good. Yeah, it is nice. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of NBC. Remember, Thanks, everyone listening or watching at home, look in the description for links to the Eventbrite for NBC 500 Live at IGN's office in San Francisco and also for the IGN store for NBC shirts. Remember, get that discount code and remember to put it in. Thank you so much for watching. Remember, you can always catch us every Thursday at 3 p.m. on YouTube or Spotify or your favorite podcasting platform. And remember, this is the only place you can. Get the thing. See you March 20th. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.